Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Holy Gospel for Christmas is from John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You may be seated. So here is a good question for us to ask. How do we know in our head who we really are, and how can we be convinced of that in our heart so we can live out our lives to the very full? We want to know the truth that we are beloved children of our Heavenly Father, and we want to be convinced of the truth that our Heavenly Father truly loves us there's a difference between knowing something and being convinced of it. Now, as parents, this is the easiest way to understand this, as parents or grandparents, we want our kids not just to know that Jesus was born to save them, die on the cross for them, rose from the dead to give them eternal life. We want them to be convinced of that. How do we make that connection between their head and their heart? How do, how do we turn knowledge of what is true into conviction of what is true? The answer is to help them experience the very thing they are being told to believe. Hearing the truth plus Experiencing the truth equals being convinced of the truth. And that's true in all areas of life. Think about it. How do we know? I'll just give you a few simple examples. How do we know that frontline healthcare workers are burning out and super stressed in our hospitals? How do we know that? Well, we hear it in the news. We hear it in the news. But if you know someone personally who works in that environment, or if you've had the displeasure of having to use emergency services or have had to visit the hospitals personally, you would be convinced of that because you experienced it firsthand. How do you know that the coronavirus is that bad? Well, you hear about it in the news. But if someone personally, you know someone personally who has died from it or became very sick and is still dealing with it, then you become convinced of it. And it's like anything in life. I tell my grandkids when they don't want to eat something that I made for them that is good for them, I show them that I really like it. So I take a bite of it. And then I ask them to. And they say, no, I don't like it. And I say, how do you know you don't like it until you try it? Experienced it. My point is, a truth is stated 
You'll become convinced of the truth if you experience it firsthand. Now, you can't experience everything firsthand in life, nor should you. You do have to learn to trust good sources of the truth, but if you want to be convinced of something, you need to experience it, especially important things. I mean, isn't that why we put our kids in swimming lessons? So they can experience water, so they can respect water and not be afraid of it. We want our kids, how about this important truth? We want our kids to know God loves them. But also we want them to be convinced of that. In order for them to do that, they have to experience God's love. Where do we get this idea from? Actually, get it from Jesus. John 8, verse 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That word abide is experiential. Remain hold on to, or as the message version of the Bible reads, if you stick with it, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Jesus says something similar in John 7, verse 17. If anyone chooses to do there's the experimental, experiential word. If anyone ex chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teachings come from God or whether I speak on my own. I mean, think about how Jesus trained his disciples. He told them who they were, children of the Heavenly Father. That's their identity. Then he works to connect their knowledge of the Father's love with experiencing the Father's love in order to convince them that the Father really does love them. That's why he calls them to follow him and live with him. And as Jesus' followers become convinced of the Father's love, it sets them free to live in its abundance, bold lives, without reservation or uncertainty, and to freely offer it to others. Now, the big question is, okay, we get it. The disciples experienced Jesus firsthand, but what about us? We can't go back to the first century and personally experience the love of Jesus. We can read and learn and meditate on these stories and these words and wonder what it would be like and we should. When we come to faith in Jesus, when we believe and are baptized, we become in Christ. That's what the Bible says. The truth is that because you and your family are in Christ, you are beloved children of the Heavenly Father and have His Holy Spirit. There's no question about about that. 
But when you do question it, and we all do, things happen in our life, and we, really, God, do you really love me? Something is taken away. Circumstances change. God, do you really love me? And then God invites us to look at the cross, doesn't he? I mean, that's why we put it up big. 1 John 4.10 says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning sacrifice, the cross. And Jesus said in John 15, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. The proof of God's love is the cross of God's Son. That should settle it, right? However, there is the truth that God loves you, and then there's the experience that God loves you. In order for us to thrive, to really thrive, we need both. Think about this. Do people experience God's love? Yes, they do. People experience God's love, how? Through other people. The design is simple. Love comes from God to us, then through us to the people around us. Right? John 13. As I have loved you, Jesus said, now you love one another. Children experience God's love through their parents. Husbands and wives experience God's love through each other. Christians experience God's love in the community we call the church through one another, other Christians. Unbelievers experience God's love through Christian neighbors. So when your child experiences God's love through you, the experience becomes the evidence they need to believe that God indeed loves them too. In other words, their experience convinces them of what they've been told is true. Then the more convinced your child becomes of God's love, the more they are set free to live in the abundance of God's love without reservation or uncertainty and to freely offer it to others. Kids thrive. Think about this. Kids thrive when they know God loves them and are convinced of it because of the loving actions of others. And the same is true for you and me as adults. So, a big question for us to contemplate the end of this year how well do we disciple others do you feel convinced that you are the father's beloved or are you a little uncertain do you fully trust the father's love or do you struggle with it do you live with a joyful confidence or anxious doubt now of course we do not rely on our experiences, good or bad, to determine if 
something God said is true. Oh no, we don't use our experiences. What is true is determined by what God says, not by our experience. In fact, our faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, clings to what God says is true, especially when we aren't experiencing it, right? How often when we're struggling and we're not sure of things, we go to God's word for guidance and comfort and counsel. However, it is also true that a child's ability to experience and trust God's love is directly connected to how well or poor they experience love through their parents and others. When people are struggling, I hear them say, you know, I believe God loves me. I just have a, a very hard time trusting it. These people hear about God's love every week in church. They believe the truth of it by faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. However, because of the way they've experienced love through others, they have a very difficult time trusting that God, God could love them abundantly and unconditionally. If you struggle to trust that you are unconditionally loved by God, it may be because of how you experience love through your parents or others. If it is easy for you to trust that you are unconditionally loved by God, likewise, it is probably because of how you experienced love through your parents or others. The truth that you are unconditionally loved by God is not affected one bit by how your parents or anyone else loved you. However, your ability to understand and trust that truth is. Now, having said that, in sending his son into the world, this is the cool part about Christmas, God himself shows the value he places on connecting the truth with our human experiences. John 1.14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Connecting the Father's grace and truth with our human experience is one of the reasons Jesus came in the flesh. The Father wanted us, his children, who are flesh and blood, to experience his grace and truth to see it, to hear it, to feel it. He could, Jesus could have come and just delivered a message. Hey, God loves you and that's it. But Jesus is the message. That's what I love about the Christmas story. The word became flesh and blood and lived among us. And you think about this. Touching leper, teaching the crowds, taking children into his hand, arms to bless them eating with sinners, healing eyes and ears and tongues and legs, shedding his blood, physically rising from the dead. The same apostle John who wrote those beautiful words, chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, also wrote this, 
in his letter to the churches. John unapologetically points to the tangible experiences he had with Jesus as the reason he is convinced of the truth about Jesus. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim. So Jesus came not only to tell the truth of the Father's love, but to help us experience the Father's love so that we become convinced that the Father really does love us. John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. In other words, Jesus connects knowing our true identity, loved by the Father, in our head with being convinced of it in our heart by helping us experience it in our daily lives. And why is this so important? Because when we become convinced that the Father really does love us, it sets us free to fully live in the abundance of his life and to do the mission that God gave us all to do, the purpose for why God has us alive. John 14, verse 21 to 23. Look at this cool passage. Whoever, this is Jesus' words, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Please note this. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our dwelling place, with him. There you go. There you go. Being convinced of the Father's love equals being set free to fully live in its abundance. The Word became flesh. The baby born in a manger. Now we're going to sing about this child and who this child is and worship him. Amen.